हरिओम सुगीता सुगीता कर्तव्य किम अन्य शास्त्र विस्तर या स्वयं पद्मनाभ से मुख पद्मश्रुता इन गीता महिमा इट इज सैड दैट वी हैव टू स्टडी द भगवद गीता इट सेल्फ वेरी वेल देन वी डोंट हैव टू इवन इफ यू डोंट स्टडी अदर स्क्रिप्चर्स इट डजेंट मैटर देन बिकॉज गीता इज द सेंस ऑफ ऑल द स्क्रिप्चर्स एंड इट इज रिवील्ड डायरेक्टली बाय ईश्वर हिमसेल्फ हु टूक अवतार एज कृष्ण so whatever is said in the in the vedas in the upanishad the essence of it is revealed in bhagavad gita and what is said in the upanishad the after so many mantras and so many words are there in upanishad but the essence of it is only given in one sentence and that is tatvamasi और अहम ब्रह्मास्मी और प्रज्ञानम ब्रह्म अयम आत्मा ब्रह्म दिस आर कॉल्ड महावाक्य द ग्रेट स्टेटमेंट्स विच रिवील्स द एसेंशियल टीचिंग ऑफ द वेदास द उपनिषद एंड व्हाट इज द एसेंशियल टीचिंग इट टेल्स अस हु वी आर व्हाट इज माय रियल नेचर हु एम आई my own real essence is revealed in the scriptures just as we analyze an object or a matter and try to find out what is its essence what is it made up of similarly when we analyze ourselves and try to find out what we are made up of it becomes very difficult for us to do so by ourselves the scriptures and those who have realized this truth they reveal to us that the essence in me is not ordinary it's divine it is something eternal infinite everlasting and it is called in upanishad brahma so i am brahma i am infinite i am that supreme reality that is what is said in all our scriptures that is the essential teaching it doesn't talk it may talk about the world it talks about so many other things but essentially the main theme which is conveyed in all the upanishad is that i am brahma you are that brahma your essence your very core of your being is brahma just as we we see an object even this petal but what is the essence of this petal if we go deep into it we will find that it is made up of some molecules if we further go inside we will find that this molecules are made up of atoms and again if we go deep into those atoms we will find that it is made up of energy pure form of energy energy itself packed together packed in a small small space is like matter and that matter or atom many of those millions of atoms 
they form those uh, molecules and form these patterns. But when we look at it with our gross eyes, it looks very beautiful, like a beautiful pattern only. You cannot see the molecules, you can't see the, the atoms, but essentially it is atoms, it is the energy which is experienced as this pattern. Similarly, externally when we look at ourselves, we are this body, we are human being, we are man, animal, I mean not animal, but uh, the different forms are there, no? man, woman. But what is my essence? If I go deep into myself, I find that I am made up of thoughts, I am made up of feelings, ideas, concepts, philosophies. But again, further down if I go, I find that I am made up of consciousness, I am aware, I am that awareness. And that awareness is not limited only to this body, but that awareness is unlimited beyond this body also, which is the very essence, the very substratum of all that I see, all that I experience. So that pure awareness which is all-pervading, infinite, uh, all-powerful is named as Brahma in Upanishad and the Rishi Munis, they say that you are that Brahma, I am that Brahma, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahma. Now this is a very small sentence, Aham Brahmasmi. Just as in science also you have very small tiny little sentences and they rule the scientific world for a long time. Sometimes they are disproved also. Like the great statement of Einstein, E is equal to mc square, very little. You can write it on your finger also, E is equal to mc square. But to understand the essence of that statement, you have to study a lot. You have to contemplate a lot and do a lot of experiment. And then one realizes that yes, what is said is true. Nowadays they are trying to prove that it is also false, that something is there which is faster than light. Similarly, this little statement, Aham Brahmasmi, has to be experienced uh, mystically in ourselves, not mistakenly. We experience it in our thoughts that I am Brahma, but it should be mystically experienced. It's like saying that I I may talk about sleep, but the experience of sleep is something different. Similarly, one may talk about Aham Brahmasmi, but the experience of Aham Brahmasmi is something different. And that is what we have to ultimately experience. And this experience happens in the state of meditation. So all our spirituality, all our sadhana, leads us to the state of meditation in which one mystically and uh, intuitively experiences that I am that Brahma. Once that experience happens, then that person is called an enlightened person, enlightened being. So this is where all the scriptures are leading us, including Bhagavad Gita. 
Now this one statement, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahma, is explained in detail in Bhagavad Gita. So I had said in the beginning of our, uh, this first chapter also, that this Bhagavad Gita is like a commentary on this Mahavakya, Aham Brahmasmi. We, are, we have now reached the 18th chapter. But all the previous chapters also are like commentary on this Aham Brahmasmi. So the whole Bhagavad Gita can be broadly divided into three sections of six chapters each. The first six chapters, then second and the last. And all these three sections as though explain to us the meaning of this statement. Aham, Brahma, and Asmi. That I am Brahma. Hmm. In Sanskrit, the syntax is different. Aham, Brahma, Asmi. So, I, Brahma, am. So, the first six chapter talks about I. Whom I consider myself to be. They begin with I. What is my concept about myself? What is my body? What is my thinking? What are my emotions? What are my day-to-day activities in this world? The whole uh, analysis is done from an individual standpoint. Taking Arjuna as our representative, the whole uh, uh, philosophy is revealed from an individual standpoint. So we saw in the, in the first six chapters how in the first chapter Arjuna gets deluded, confused regarding his own nature and his duties. When I don't know myself, this twofold confusion happens. Hmm? I don't know then what is my exact identity and I don't know what are my duties. And this confusion leads to sorrow, leads to a sense of incompleteness grief, uh, what you call a sense of dissatisfaction in our life. Many of our dissatisfaction, if you observe, it is because we are not very clear about who am I, what is my role in this world, what I have to do, what I have to gain, why I have taken this birth in this world, what is the meaning of life, what is the meaning of death. These are not understood properly. It leads to deep sense of dissatisfaction. So this, uh, this type of feeling came in Arjuna's mind also. And from the second chapter onwards, Bhagwan revealed to him his real identity. So second chapter talks about that supreme self, that I am, that supreme self, that Atma Tattva. Not the physical body, not the mind, but that consciousness which is the witness of this body-mind complex. Arjuna obviously did not understand what Bhagavan was telling him because he was not ready for it. He was not prepared for it. He was totally confused in the battlefield and here Krishna is smiling at him and saying that you are that pure consciousness. You are never born, nor do you die. 
and the war was about to begin. People die in wars. And here Krishna was saying that you don't die. You have never taken birth and you don't die. So Arjuna was totally, uh, what you call, uh, amazed and wonderstruck and little confused also. Then in order to make him understand this statement that you are, that pure consciousness which is never born and never dies, Bhagavan teaches Arjuna the art of what you call acting in this world in such a way that slowly and steadily we become prepared to understand this statement. Our mind becomes pure and single-pointed to make us understand this statement. So all the sadhanas which were explained there is to make the mind more and more balanced, pure, steady, so that we can understand the statement of the Upanishads that I am that Brahma. So in order to make the mind pure, Bhagavan taught Arjuna the path of Karma Yoga. So in the third chapter, fourth chapter, fifth chapter, Bhagavan talked about Karma Yoga essentially. He also talked about Upasana, special spiritual practice which will help to make the mind further pure. See, Karma Yoga, performing action not only gives us what we need in this world for our day-to-day living, but it also simultaneously prepares us for this ultimate uh, state of enlightenment. So, Bhagavan explained Karma Yoga and also explained how the mind becomes pure and uh, one reaches the state of total detachment. Vairagya, living in this world, a person becomes free from the attachment to the world. Just as a boat, being in water, remains free from the negative effect of that water. It doesn't sink. The water doesn't enter the boat. So Bhagwan taught Arjuna this technique and in the sixth chapter Bhagwan taught Arjuna the art of meditation. So the first sixth chapter leads us to this art of meditation in the sixth chapter. Huh? So the first sixth chapter the the theme is to lead us to that to that art of meditation. I can understand who am I only when my mind goes deep in the state of meditation. But it becomes difficult for me to meditate when I have a lot of questions in me, when I have questions regarding this world, when I have questions regarding regarding God. Therefore, the second set of six chapters talks about Brahma, talks about God. That who is this Brahma? What are his powers? How it expresses as this world? In the seventh chapter, Bhagavan said that I, with my twofold powers of uh, apara and para prakriti, power of matter and life, I manifest as this world. So it was explained in detail from seventh to twelfth chapter from the standpoint of Brahma, from the standpoint of totality. 
So first six chapters are from the standpoint of an individual. The second set of six chapters are from the standpoint of the totality, which concludes in the twelfth chapter, which is on bhakti. So first meditation, second set of six chapters leads us to bhakti, love. In order to understand God, we should develop love in our heart. In order to understand ourselves, we should have meditation. With deep silence of our mind, we will be able to comprehend who am I. When we develop real love in our heart, we will be able to comprehend God. But knowing God as different from me will not is not the end of our journey. We should realize that I and God, Brahma, is one and the same. And this happens when we give up our limitation, when we give up our, uh, uh, finally when we give up our ego, when we give up our limited personality, when it is dropped, then we will experience the I in me and that Brahma is one and the same. So therefore the third set of six chapters lead us to the 18th chapter, which talks about tyaga, renunciation, giving up. Giving up of what? Ego. Hmm. When all these three come together, meditation, love, and this tyaga, then that state of enlightenment happens. So in three stages, Bhagwan leads us to that state of enlightenment. I hope it is, is it clear or is it going above the head? Very good. So, aham, aham brahmasmi. So, aham I can understand when my mind becomes calm and peaceful. I understand that I am not this body, I am not the mind but I am the one who is witnessing my body and the mind. See, just as I see this petal, I see my hand also. There is no difference between seeing the petal and the hand. Only difference is I think I am the hand, I am the body. If I go deep, I will be able to witness my thoughts also. So when I make my mind calm and peaceful, I understand that I am the witness consciousness witness of this body, of this mind. I am that pure consciousness. But only if I understand that I am that consciousness, witness of this body, I will also be under the impression that there are other bodies and other consciousness different from me. So I should also understand this reality from the totality standpoint. Therefore, the second set of six chapters talk from the standpoint of the totality, that Brahma alone expresses as this world of matter as well as life. And to comprehend that Brahma, to comprehend that consciousness is same in all beings, we should have love in our heart. With our eyes open, heart filled with love, when I look at this world, 
i will realize that the the witness in me and the witness in you is same the self in me and the self in you is same that is called love that's called bhakti bhakti is when i come to know that i myself am in all of you i alone am there in all that's called bhakti it's like the wave meditates and understand that i am water but when the wave opens its eyes it sees lot of waves and sees that oh so many waves are there and so many waters are there but when it develops the eye of love then the wave understand the water in me and water in all these waves are one that is called the eye of love heart filled with love and that is the culmination of this next set of six chapters leading to bhakti yoga in the 12th chapter but still our journey is not complete till the limited sense of i and all the attachment to our body mind intellect our uh, our work our uh, our ambitions our all those things which are created by this ego if it is not dropped we will not experience this oneness we may know the oneness intellectually but we will not be able to experience that oneness so that experience of oneness happens through tyag na karmana na prajaya dhane na tyage naike amrutatvamanashuhu this famous mantra which we chant when we receive a sanyasi says that not by karma not by wealth not by people or by children can one attain the supreme we can attain it only through tyaga by renunciation renunciation of what renunciation of our limited sense of i if i want to experience i am brahma at present my experience is i am a limited being unless i drop that concept i will not be able to experience that i am brahma if i am holding on to a, a object unless i drop it i won't be able to hold on to something higher something great so at present all of us are holding on to this limited sense of i though in meditation we understand that i am the witness but still we are holding on to our body though in love we understand that this i in me is i in all but still if we keep on holding on to that i then our journey will not be complete journey becomes complete when we drop that i bhagwan ramana maharshi he says in updesh saram that aham aham inash bhaji aham aham taya spurati rutsvayam param purna sat when that little i drops off then the real self shines forth by itself when the little ego drops dissolves then the real self shines forth by itself or to give a famous our vedantic example the rope is seen as snake and the snake disappears the rope appears by itself rope was always there but it was as though hiding when we were looking at it as snake when my eyes were 
deceiving me and showing me snake, then I am unable to, I was unable to see the rope. But when that snake disappears, then a strange thing happens. Rope just comes, manifest itself. Similarly, our limited sense of I, I am a human being, I am a man, I am a woman, I am a Brahman, I am a Kshatriya, I am a Hindu, I am a Muslim, I am young, I am old. All this concept which we have about I is called ego and as long as we have that concept, our real nature will not shine forth. So for that, we have to drop that ego, but that ego gets dropped when we follow the entire process properly of meditation, of uh, bhakti, the mind becomes pure and we become fit, capable of dropping that I, dropping that little ego. Therefore, the last set of six chapters conclude with this 18th chapter which talks about sannyas or talk about tyaga. It's very beautiful. Tyaga. Tyaga means renunciation. I had told you this story also, but again I will tell. One person, a seeker, goes to a Zen monastery and he meets the Zen masters. Zen masters, they have their own style of speaking and all. So the Zen master was sitting there and this disciple, this seeker came with a lot of flowers in his hand and he was standing in front of the master. He had come for that enlightenment. So the master looked at him and said, drop it. So he got a little scared because masters are quite uh, scary sometimes. So he thought maybe he's talking about the flowers. So he dropped the flowers at his feet. Again the master looked at him and said, drop it. He said, now what to drop? Then he thought that, yeah, I brought him flowers, but I have many other possessions with me. And it is said one should offer everything to one's teacher. And I am holding on to something. I am offering it to him. But I have so many others. So in his mind itself, he thought about all that he has. And he just offered it to his teacher. Just as Shivaji Maharaj had offered to his teacher. His kingdom also. So again the teacher looked at him and said, drop it. Now he got little confused. He said, I have given him all that belongs to me. What more can I give? And as he was contemplating, suddenly he realized that I have given everything, but that I is still there. I have not given myself. So when that deep thought came to his mind, understanding came to his mind, he just dropped that I also. And when he could drop that I, he reached that state of enlightenment. And that is what is taught now in this 18th chapter. Bhagavan tells us that through the path of karma yoga, you prepare yourself. Through, through bhakti also you prepare Meditation also is prepared, but in the deep state of meditation, you should be able to drop that I. 
which is said in the 18th chapter 66th verse bhagwan says sarva dharman parityajya mamekam charanam vraja aham twa sarva papebhya mokshayishyami mashuchah that hey arjuna drop everything all the dharma all your karma everything and surrender to me i will release you from all sins i will give you moksha here and now and that is the culmination of our sadhana to drop we keep dropping things here and there but here we have to learn to drop the ego our limited sense of i which we are holding on to as dear life through karma yoga it becomes little loose this ego because we are perform karma yoga is performing action as a dedication to the totality not for myself ego likes to do things for it himself herself itself karma yoga means dedicate your actions to someone superior to the totality that loosens that weakens the ego the ego likes to love himself herself in bhakti it says you love everyone as your own self further the ego becomes weak then finally through knowledge understanding and deep state of meditation the ego itself is dropped tyag hmm and in that state of tyaga the enlightenment happens you don't have to gain enlightenment you have to we have to just drop our ego drop our sense of limited i ha ego is a very technical word the sense of i the sense of limited i the concept of i which we have created with our mind with our thoughts with with our uh, with our emotions and ideas that whole concept has to be dropped in that deep state of meditation and when it is it happens we reach the state of uh, that enlightenment so this is the main theme of this last set of six chapters concluding in this 18th chapter tyag somebody asked bhagwan ram krishna paramhamsa that what is the essence of bhagavad gita he said you just keep chanting gita 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 what does it sounds like gita 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 he said tyagi to become a tyagi is the main essence of this gita you should be able to drop when can i wake up when i drop my dream how can i become big when i drop my smallness my narrowness hmm so this is what it is and and the path is first step is karma yoga bhakti jnana knowledge and dhyana and in this state of dhyana we should be able to drop our limited i and it culminates in the state of enlightenment every day one may practice meditation but it is just a practice only when we drop that i 
we reach the culmination of that meditation, fulfillment of meditation. Otherwise, it is just a practice leading nowhere or just preparing us. It's like somebody saying that every day I practice to die. If a person is still alive, that his practice is not fulfilled. Like sometimes people attempt suicide and all. Attempted. If one is just attempting, then I mean he is not dead, then it is just an attempt. Because it can happen only once. You cannot say every day I practice dying. Then after dying, what do you do? I have my breakfast. Similarly, to say that every day I practice meditation and then I go to work. This is after meditation and after this, if you really reach that state, then it is, your journey is complete. Because meditation is dropping my eye. When it gets done, then I have reached that state of enlightenment. Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi, he got that fear of death and that made him go deep within himself to find out who dies. And this inquiry led him to that uh, state where the ego itself disappeared and he could experience himself as that infinite, pure consciousness. From an ordinary person, he became Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi for the whole world. Siddhartha became Gautam Buddha when his ego got dropped. Ego dropping is not absence of pride. Huh? That is uh, namrata. That is difference. Ego is not equal to pride. Ego is sense of I, which has to be dropped in the deep state of meditation. Therefore, the, this 18th chapter begins with a question by Arjuna about what is the exact nature of this tyaga? What is the exact nature of sannyas? What do we mean by dropping? What does it mean that we have to renounce? What is the exact nature of it? That question is asked in the beginning of this 18th chapter and the whole 18th chapter is explanation of the Tyaga. But in that explanation of this Tyaga, Bhagwan gives the summary of the entire Bhagavad Gita because that is what the whole Bhagavad Gita is about. Ultimately dropping the limited sense of I which we have. So it begins with this question. Bhagwan slowly and steadily explains everything in in lot of details. He also takes the help of these three gunas to explain. While explaining karma, he takes says that sattvic karma, rajasic karma, tamasic karma. So these three gunas are taken to explain the whole concept very clearly. And finally, Bhagwan tells Arjuna. Now you drop everything and surrender to me. Surrender to me means surrender to that Brahma. So drop your ego and surrender to Brahma. If you don't remember, how many shlokas are there in Bhagavad Gita? Yeah. If you don't remember all of them, you just have to remember one shloka from this chapter, which is very famous. Sarva dharman parityajya mamekam sharanam vraja. Aham twa sarva papebhya mokshishyami mashuchaha. And who is speaking? That Brahma is speaking. 
Brahma is speaking to whom? To this ego only, to this limited sense of I, which we have. And it tells that you drop all this sense of I and just surrender and you will become one with me. So it's a very most beautiful chapter. And it's a, what you call, there are a lot of shlokas. So we will not be able to complete this chapter in one month, I mean in the seven days. So we will have uh, two sessions for the for this 18th chapter. Huh? There are 78 shlokas are there and very uh, fascinating chapter. So let us begin. Hmm? We will chant the first verse. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha Atha Ashtadashodhyayaha Arjunavacha Sanyasasya Mahabaho Tattvamichami Veditum Tyagasya Chahishi Kesha Prathakeshini Shudana Sanyasasya Mahabaho Tattvamichami Veditum So, Ashtadashodhyayaha, the 18th chapter. Now, see, this 18th number is also very important in our uh, scriptures. They have given a lot of importance to this number. Lot of things are 18. Chapters are 18. 18 Akshahoni, 18 battalions were fighting this war of uh, Mahabharata. It was fought for 18 days. Also, we have the what you call Puranas 18, Upapuranas 18. So 18 is a very interesting uh, number. 18, if you add both this 1 and 8, it becomes 9. I mean, that is obvious. Just because I am weak in mathematics doesn't mean everyone is weak. But 1 and 8 represents the twofold prakriti of Bhagwan, The para and the apara, ashtadha prakriti, and one is the para prakriti, and together is that supreme, number nine, as though, which is, which is, which doesn't, uh, which doesn't change, actually, if you keep multiplying nine, and keep adding whatever answer you get, the answer is nine only. So it doesn't change, it remains same as though, in all the, or everywhere. So 18 is a very symbolic number of uh, the expression of that Brahma as 1 and 8, as para and apara prakriti, which plays this whole game of life. So here we have Arjuna asking a question, very relevant question, Arjuna Vacha. See, our whole Bhagavad Gita is in the form of a dialogue. A Guru Shishya Samvad, one-to-one dialogue. 
it was not a pravachan actually bhagwan sitting there on vyaspit and addressing the pandava and kaurava army with loudspeaker and all nothing like that it was a one to one dialogue arjuna had some doubts and it was removed by by this dialogue so arjuna after listening to the entire bhagavad gita and until the 17th chapter that he could comprehend that the essence i think is just dropping tyag tyag is the essence sanyas is the essence giving up is the essence even our pujya gurudev was asked that what is the what is the essence of hinduism he was about to board a train in those days a person came to him and said oh, i have one question i have a doubt so gurudev said yes you can ask but the train is about to leave one minute only so you ask he said please tell me what is hinduism now within one minute within a short time how can one explain what is hinduism but pujya gurudev is pujya gurudev only he said what did he say hmm ha detachment and attachment give up and hold on give up the lower and hold on to the higher that is hinduism give up all that is in the beginning give up all that is negative give up all that is false and hold on to the truth give up the papa hold on to punya give up asuri sampatti hold on to daivi sampatti give up dussanga hold on to satsanga give up anger hold on to love give up uh, pride hold on to humility and ultimately give up the ego and hold on to that brahma so drop what is it's called sanyasa yoga sanyas means drop and yoga means hold on sanyasa yoga drop what is low and hold on to that high both should happen simultaneously if we try to hold on without dropping it doesn't work if we try to drop without holding that also doesn't work if we drop without understanding then it leads to frustration it leads to uh, what you call suppression and all many times it happen people they just drop without knowing what to hold on to it leads to suppression dejection hmm. if we try to hold on without dropping that also doesn't work so it should happen together like as though at the same time it happens as the moment the ego is dropped the brahma is attained the moment the dream is dropped you are, you wake up the moment the snake disappears the rope is seen huh. so that is very important so arjuna after understanding the whole thing he wants to know what exactly is the meaning of this tyaga renunciation or sanyas so he says sanyasasya mahabaho tattvam ichhami veditum he mahabaho see all the time krishna was addressing arjuna as mahabaho and here now arjuna is also addressing krishna as mahabaho of mighty arm of brave and 
powerful person. Mighty arm means one who has got such a long arm that he can embrace the whole world. Mahabahu. Hey Mahabaho, please, I want to know, Tattvam Ichhami Veditum. I want to know, I have desired to know the Tattva, the essence of the meaning of the word Sanyas. Sanyas, I want to know. Sanyas, this word was used in the, in the, in the many chapters before. In the second chapter, in the third chapter, in so many chapters, Bhagavan talked about Sanyas. Third chapter also he talked about sannyas. So Arjuna wants to know exactly what is the tattva, what is the real meaning of the word sannyas. See many of these words gets, uh, when they are very uh, frequently used, they lose their original meaning also sometimes. And the, the words are such, their meaning keeps on changing also. The same word. For example, the word cool, what does it mean? It may mean something else to the elderly person, but for a youngster it is different. How are you? Cool, ma'am. For others it's cool, man. Huh? So, word remaining same, it might mean different for different people at and also in different generation, different uh, areas it might mean different. So ultimately we have to rely on words. So here sannyas also, everyone, nowadays also we know the word sannyas and everyone will have their own understanding of this word. And we go by our understanding, not by the understanding of the scriptures. We might say that, no, no, Bhagavad Gita, I have heard, it is said, karmanne vadikaraste. But you don't follow Bhagavad Gita. You follow your meaning which you have understood. So I have to understand what exactly is the meaning of the word sannyas, renunciation. So sannyasasya mahabaho tattvam ichami veditum. I want to know the essential meaning of that word sannyas. Arjuna also uses another word, Tyag. Both these words mean almost similar thing because Tyag also means to drop something or renounce. Sanyas also means to renounce. But there are some technical differences there. So Arjuna is saying that please tell me what is the meaning of Tyag? Tyagasya Rishikesha Prathakkeshini Shudana. That hey Rishikesh, Rishikesh is also Bhagwan's name. He is also addressed as Keshini Shudana. See three in one shloka itself, Arjuna addresses Bhagwan in three different names as Mahabaho, as Rishikesh, and as Keshini Shudana. Keshini Shudana means one who had killed that Rakshasa called Keshi. Hmm. This Rakshasa used to take uh, different forms. He used to take the form of a horse also. So Bhagwan had killed him. Therefore, he is called Keshini Shudan. So please tell me what exactly is the meaning of Tyaga and what is the meaning of Sanyas. 
are they do they mean different things do they mean the same thing and exactly what is what to be dropped what to be given up people when they think about sanyas different ideas are there sometimes people feel that just giving up all your work and all uh, duties is called sanyas wearing a particular type of dress going to uh, this what you call haridwar or rishikesh kya ho gaya sanyasi ban gaya what happened naukri chali gayi naukri chali gayi to his wife also left him and went away then he had no choice but to take sanyas so some people have the feeling that sanyas me out of frustration therefore many people come and ask us ay sanyas le ab kya ho gaya tha what happened what happened to you so the lot of misunderstandings are there regarding this term sanyas and tyaga therefore arjuna says please explain to me the essential meaning the right meaning of this word sanyas and tyaga so that i can implement it in my life i can follow it because that is the essence of all the teaching of the scriptures to drop in order to gain the supreme i have to drop that which is limited so this question is now answered in following all the shlokas so let us see the second shloka shri bhagavan uvacha काम्यानां कर्मणां न्यासं सन्यासं कवयो विदुः सर्वकर्मफलत्यागं प्राहुस्त्यागं विचक्षणाः काम्यानां कर्मणां न्यासं सन्यासं कवयो विदुः हां श्री भगवान वाच यर इज नॉट सेड दैट श्री कृष्ण वाच बट इज सेड श्री भगवान वाच इज नॉट स्पीकिंग एज एन इंडिविजुअल but he is speaking as ishvara see even our some of our uh, even in the in the government also a person may speak as a person or a person may speak as a minister or as a prime minister or as a ambassador of a country is different similarly here bhagwan is not talking as one individual krishna born to in a particular family but he is talking as bhagwan as ishvara identifying with the totality identifying with that brahma is speaking therefore he says shri bhagavan watch so whatever is said here is applicable for all humanity not only for arjuna but is addressing as though to all of us but here also bhagwan says that first i will give you what the uh thoughts on this uh, topic is there 
from the standpoint of great wise people and then he says that i will give my own conclusion there are different uh, different uh, understanding of this sanyas and tyaga is there even among wise so bhagwan bhagwan gives that definition and then he he gives his own view uh, what he calls synthesizing all these uh, different views so it's very interesting he says that kavayah wise people they they say they understand sanyas as nyasam as renunciation of kamyanam karmanam of desire prompted activities to drop the desire prompted activities to renounce activities which are kamya kamya means selfish desire prompted activities see there are different uh, different classifications are made of of our actions also one is called nitya karma naimittika karma kamya karma nishiddha karma hmm? prayaschit karma like that different uh, divisions are there nitya karma means our daily duties which we have to do as a human being daily our duties are there they are called nitya karma hmm. we'll see later on also that topic will come then naimittik karma naimittik means occasional due to certain occasion uh, duty comes like every day you might have a particular duty but uh, somebody's uh, marriage or some other uh, um, someone is not well then suddenly your duty changes then you have to give up your daily duties and focus on that naimittik duty the duty which has come because of certain conditions certain occasion you cannot say that no no every day this is my time for taking bath so i can't uh, do this but is having a heart attack you better take him nahi ye to mera jo hai gayatri mantra chant karunga aur phir jo hai pura mai vishnu sahasra naam gaunga then i will look at him then it is gone so nitya karma is what we have to do every day but there are situations when we have to drop them and do some naimittik karma occasional duties these two two fold duties are there apart from that we have some actions which we perform which are purely selfish and self uh, desire prompted activities which do not fall under nitya karma also and naimittik karma also which do not fall under the category of my responsibilities under the category of my duties but they are extra like because of my sub selfish desires and my total some uh, seeking some pleasure those type of activities are called kamya karma desire prompted selfish activities and then there are nishiddha karma prohibitory activities which are told in the scriptures as well as in the law which is said to be illegal or which is papa karma which has to be avoided they are called prohibitory or nishiddha karma 
एंड प्रायश्चित कर्म इज ऑल्सो सेट डेट इफ आई डि डू समथिंग बैड देन आई कैन डू सम अदर एक्शन इन ऑर्डर टू रिपेंट इन ऑर्डर टू वॉट यू कॉल प्यूरिफाई माई सेल्फ इट्स कॉल प्रायश्चित कर्म सो यर भगवान से इज दैट देर आर सम वाइज पीपल हु से संन्यास मीन्स जस्ट गिविंग अप काम्य कर्म एंड ऑफकोर्स निषिद्ध कर्म इज ऑल्सो शुड बी गिवन अप बट काम्य कर्म टू गिव अप इज कॉल्ड संन्यास वन शुड कीप डूइंग द नित्य नैमित्तिक कर्म बट द काम्य कर्म टू ड्रॉप इट इज कॉल्ड संन्यास दैट इज द मीनिंग गिवन बाय सम वाइज पीपल मीन्स फॉर अ सीकर वेन ही फॉलोज दिस पाथ मोर एंड मोर वी शुड we should drop those actions which are ego prompted which are not prompted by our responsibilities which are not prompted by the what do you call the scriptures but which are prompted by our ego by selfishness once we keep dropping this type of activity the ego will become more and more weak later on we will be able to just renounce it completely so that's called kamya karma hmm so kamya naam karma naam nyasam it's like we do it actually every day also when we keep doing our duties with full attention and properly then automatically a lot of our kamya karma gets dropped to make you understand this what you do on sundays and what you do on monday Hmm. Sunday is a holiday, huh? Sunday holiday and Monday, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, person gets up, does his breakfast, goes to the work and comes back. Everything is regulated like. But on Sunday, suddenly something else happens. We don't get up in time. We don't take breakfast properly. Hmm. So what we do? That day we do our kamya karma. desire prompted selfish or whatever i feel like i do it so here bhagwan says that sanyas means to drop all activities which are prompted by your selfish desires it's called sanyas and sarva karma phalatyagam prahus tyagam vichakshanaha and again the wise people who are who are knowers of the truth they say that to give up the attachment to the results of action is called tyaga that other word tyaga was there tyaga means giving up the attachment to the results of action nitya naimittik karma we should do and whatever results come one should not be attached to the result to give up the attachment to the results of action is called tyaga hmm so one is sanyas and another is tyaga sanyas is to give up kamya karma desire prompted selfish desire prompted activities is called sanyas and to give up the attachment to the results of action is called tyaga if we i will we have seen this in the fifth chapter also but as we proceed you will understand it more and more see to give up the results of action become the first step in renunciation and then to give up this uh, kamya karma and all is also 
uh, is second step but ultimately that leads to the giving up of the sense of doership itself so this this uh, step of sanyas and tyaga help us in the end to renounce the ego also but here bhagwan first gives this definition from the standpoint of some few wise people and then he himself will tell us what is his conclusive understanding of the term sanyas and tyaga i think we will this is enough for today we will uh, go into the details tomorrow